five, four, three, two, one. I'm John Miglosh for the Wisconsin DMA and the International Society for Strategic Marketing. Too much light here on my face. Let's get over to the news. I got way too much to cover. And so we'll just dig into it. This is Dave Trott, and he's featured in an article I'm going to talk about shortly. But I wanted to start with his talk, just a piece of it, and I'll put the link in the show notes over on WDMA, and I'll try to put it on LinkedIn. But, you know, get over to WDMA and subscribe if you watch these things, and you'll always be able to get the show notes. Uh, so Dave is talking about the history of advertising and um, that kids today don't have the background in, in pre-CG and pre-AR and pre you know, all this different stuff that we use as techniques to get our message across and to, you know, all this impact and all this emotion. He's, he's kind of talking about storytelling. So I'll just play the first two uh, little pieces here uh, to pick it up where it, belong, where it belongs. Whoops, hold on. Where's the sound? Oh, here, I turned it down. Let's turn it all the way up. Big, bigger, biggest, roomiest, longer, longest, smarter, crisper, lower, smaller, massive, glamorous, distinctive, elegant, well-built, bold, roomy, impressive, versatile, fabulous, smooth, smoothest, luxurious, supercharged, tough, heavy, awesome, and yet surprisingly affordable. You get the idea that um, all advertising was about was about saying, We've got more and more and more and more and more and more until everybody crams as much as they can into an ad. You couldn't remember any of it. You couldn't remember what it was or who it was for or anything. It was just loads of pollution washing over you. I love it. And then voice. a little car company that you'd, nobody ever heard of did this ad. And that we just fought in a war. They don't even show the car. Look at this. Now you know what it what it is. But it's not much of a feature shot. Not how fast it goes. Have you ever wondered how the man who drives a snowplow drives to the snowplow? This one drives a Volkswagen. Epic galoshes. So you can stop wondering. camera work it's like Potemkin if you're into film history okay that's where good advertising started it started with an idea instead of more and more words and more and more tunes and more and more claims just a lot of empty space and one single bold powerful idea and treat people like adults treat people like grown-ups it's a, it's a bit of fun, but it's a powerful, simple claim that you'll remember. And the fact of that <clears throat> led you to be able to go in to treat people like adults for the first time and to make the claim you wanted to make, but to in order to make it memorable, to have fun with it. So you've got the very first ads that I ever saw that actually made me like advertising. Uh, ads like this, when uh, American Motors wanted to say that they had a car that was that was cheap and reliable and it would last a long time and so they did this all right now let's see if we can find first 
no, that's not it. Believe me, it's in there somewhere. No matter how rough you treat a rebel, it's awfully hard to hurt it. A survey of professional driving schools shows that they use more of our cars than any other kind. How am I doing? A lot better than yesterday. Turn left. I can't do it while you're watching me. Okay, turn left. No, come here! How does it feel the first time out in traffic, Mr. Moss? Mr. Moss? Mr. Moss? Look out for the truck! What truck? Behind the bus! Rebel has held its own against some of the worst drivers in the world. Should I turn the windshield wiper on? At this point, it looks like the rebels are going to outlast the teachers. See, that's that's the that that's the well, first time I saw that ad. I wasn't even in advertising. I was a kid at school in England, and I saw some American ads, and I thought that's fantastic. You treat people like they've got a brain. You make a strong selling point. But you do it with fun. You, you you make an ad that you want to watch again and again. And then the same agency. Well, we'll stop there. I'll put the link out there. The, that is probably worth the price of admission today. Uh, and I love Dave's voice. And I'm going to track down uh, more about him and more about the the Sue uh, Omen or Omen, I think it is. Or we'll find it out because we're going to get over to the regular news. Okay, so let's go over there. Oops, let's go over there. Let's get the uh, clickety clicks. And this is Sue Unerman. Unerman, Unerman, something like that. Anyway, well, Facebook decided to delete a billion users' face facial recognition data. And so if you're one of the three billion or something, but you're a regular user, that's probably you that just got deleted by Facebook, and uh, it's about time, I guess. What did they have a billion, uh, you know, we, we, we did Smarter Every Day a couple of months or a couple of weeks ago on the data farms that Facebook is building around the country that are just massive. They're, they're as big as shopping centers. Maybe that's what they should do with old shopping centers. Um, here's a great, great, uh, a great, great article from Nonprofit Pro. American Battlefield Trust was trying to save the Perryville, Kentucky battlefield site. Okay, and it was the last piece of it was the last piece of the battlefield that they didn't they didn't have in trust, and they needed uh, twenty seven thousand dollars to finish it up, and so they didn't know what to do. They were twenty seven thousand feet. Uh, dollars short and uh so they said well let's try writing to the 3200 donors that gave the last time they had they'd averaged about 50 bucks a piece and so they put them a, a mailer together an envelope number 10 letter with with a color brochure map that they had printed previously so they were all set with that and about a dollar a piece of cost a little more than a dollar a piece maybe uh dollar 25 and uh and it turned out that they raised 127,000 and they netted uh, a 48 percent response and the gift uh average gift size went from 58 to 82 so about a 40 percent increase and they won a gold at the 2020 maxi awards what a cool story you know Mail isn't always going to work, and and I highly, uh, I would highly suggest that you avoid mailing quantities of that 
of, of that small a size, uh, unless you have a special something to say, because uh, you don't expect a 50% response. But sometimes you can. And, and if you really, really have a good list and a good offer, that's the time to go. Okay, now let's get over to this old ideas section by Sue Unerman, uh, maybe. I don't know how to pronounce your last name, Sue. I apologize for that. Um, it's a powerful idea to, to consider how cut through the clutter worked in the world before computers. And uh, Dave Trott, it, you know, that's that video we just watched, okay? Also, um, the work report, which we've talked about a couple of times, Royal Mail analyzed uh, some successful use case studies that used direct mail. And they, what they found was basically that, uh, that uh, I wanted to get to this. They, they coined a, a Frankenstein word called fidgetal, fidgetal advertising. <laughs> I'm fidgetal. <laughs> anyway, which is physical with digital. And the response rates will go up if you combine physical and digital. So fidgetal advertising, great, okay. But anyway, so people between the ages of 15 and 24 are most likely to trust direct mail. They're the most likely. What do you think of that? Isn't that great? And so there's a lot of here. This is a good line. This is great from Sue. There's a lot of rhetoric about the speed of change, how everything is fundamentally different. But you know what? Fundamentally, nothing has changed. People are the same. Human nature has not changed. And we can produce great work only if we have true human insight. You have to know what's going to catch on. You have to know how to cut through the clutter, okay? And, in, and then she spoke about evolution. 500 years ago, the amount of information and data the average person was likely to see in an entire year probably equated to 60 minutes of scrolling through social media now. But our human brains haven't evolved much in that time frame. If anything, we're dumber. I saw a meme that said, in the, in the 1940s, car user manuals told you how to regrind the valves, pull the engine apart. Now, they just have idiot lights that you can't get rid of no matter what you do. Although I've learned how to do that with a $6 item from eBay. Which is why we blank out and ignore nearly everything else we see and just retain the tiny amount that interests or entertains us. And probably not even that. You know, just try to think about. This is one of those things that I, this is why I, I don't do that, that, that fast-paced social media too much. Try to just think about what you, what you looked at last, last night before you went to bed when you, when you had time to relax, right? So... You know, I watched a sailing video about a three-week passage from Australia to the Maldives by a family of five on a almost 60-foot catamaran. I remember watching that. I remember watching a guy dig a trench for his solar panel in the middle of nowhere. Let's see if I – I think I watched another one about planting garlic. You're getting an insight into my, my, my brain. So – and I watched an hour-long beekeeping video about keeping bees without without chemical pesticides. 
uh, never mind. The point is, is that the slower and, you know, one of them was very poor quality. The slower stuff might actually connect better. The stories. Okay. Cutting through the clutter is more crucial as a skill than ever before for communication. A distinctive old idea, one that stirs us emotionally and triggers our memories, may well be a good place to start. And for those of you who don't know, this is Sue, Sue's picture. For those of you who don't know, consulting engagements are available through the WDMA. Just get in touch with me, John, at WDMA.org. Likely I can solve your problems within minutes 